Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's yeah, safe. I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life afford anything wherever you listen all right here we go leland live tony and m5301 cahaba tractor company bringing you the show this hour i'm so glad to have them on the show uh, at the beginning of the season because i get all fired up about having my Kubota tractor and the things i gotta got planned to do it's just fun it's kind of therapeutic as well uh this is also the time of the year where we're getting ready to start cutting some grass and they've got incredible deals on the Kubota brand Zero Turns. I know we always think about the big tractors, but this Kubota ZD, um, this diesel uh, Zero Turn tractor, um, class-leading tractor in the diesel variety, you'll love a Zero Turn. It just makes cutting the grass quicker and more comfortable and more fun. Did I say fun? Yeah, even when it's hot, it's kind of fun to do it, zip around on that thing. Uh, go try them out. Let them help you get the one that's right for you. Get it loaded up, get it financed if you need that. These particulars uh, have a hydraulic, uh, sort of a hands-free hydraulic deck lift. Boy, that takes a lot of the work out of it, just raising and lowering different spots. Speed, uh, agility, all that stuff at Cahaba Tractor Company, the big new showroom over there. I call it new because it hasn't been there that long. And, of course, the service center, everything that goes with Dale and the whole team are doing things right at CahabaTractor.com. You can also check them uh, out, the Kubota brand, and the whole lineup at KubotaUSA.com for more details. Y'all, let's – oh, by the way, AJ's going to be with me at the end of the month when we get out there and uh, do a live show. And we hope you, if you're down around Pelham, you'll come see us uh, toward the end of March. What date is that, AJ? I'm trying to figure out exactly when we're going to be out there. Uh, we will be out there on the 24th on a Friday, so that will be a fun day. Hopefully the weather's good for us. Speaking of the weather, we got a, uh, still we've got wind damage continuing across the state. Still some trees, some loose stuff coming down, starting to have some uh, power outages. The power companies are fanned out all over the state uh, trying to uh, play catch-up now. At last report, there were about 150,000 people without power around the state, most of it up in the Tennessee Valley. The line is still in the state of actual storms. Now, some of these gusty winds are back behind that line it moved through birmingham at lunchtime but it's still over in ashland up toward ranburn down toward rockford and uh, sweeping its way toward um, uh, randolph county all through clay county the talladega mountains uh, no uh, tornado warnings at present in this particular system 
but we're, we're still watching it this afternoon. If y'all got any reports, we'll take them. Or if you want to throw anything else down on the show, 545-9950 is the phone number if y'all want to get on something else. Because we got a couple of things starting to pop this afternoon, too. A little bit of politics in the news. There's a story uh, that uh, Fox News moved a little while ago. Uh, interesting, the, the headline alone will catch your attention, but apparently it says, Biden administration makes stunning admission on climate agenda in leaked in, internal memo. Uh, Fox is claiming an exclusive on this, but it says uh, the administration acknowledged in a memo that was accidentally leaked today that charging fossil fuel companies less to drill would provide a, quote, greater energy security, unquote, despite its plans to hike the fees for these um, drillers and producers to go out and get their work done. So the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, BOEM, I work for BOEM, I'm the director. The director, Amanda Lefton, and I'm sure she's highly qualified to be in that job, uh, said that uh, as part of the climate agenda, the Department of Interior moved forward with higher fees for an oil and gas lease. Think about how much you've been paying at the pump. The government is making it more expensive, and they're doing it for political reasons to slow down the supply. They admitted it in the memo. I'm, these are my words. Um, quote, if a Cook Inlet prospect would be developed, there would be additional government revenues and greater energy security for the state of Alaska, especially if the development of natural gas resources in the Cook Inlet ameliorated the long-term supply chains facing the Anchorage area. Quote, nevertheless, because of the serious challenges facing the nation from climate change and the impact of greenhouse gases from fossil fuels, BOEM, her agency, is not recommending that option since it would uh, not include the appropriate surcharge for those impacts. Basically, putting it in plain English and not bureaucrat speak, because we believe in the climate agenda, we're not going to make it cheaper for people to uh, get gasoline or oil and natural gas out of the ground uh, because that would make people too uh, secure and too happy in their current circumstances and not likely to embrace our bull squeeze technology. They're doing it, and you know they're doing it. The idea that they're going after your stove is back, too, they floated that trial balloon, caught hell about it. I mean, it was just a pushback like I'd never seen. My instincts the night that story came out, was I was just thinking, man, they're getting in people's kitchens now. There's some things that are still sacrosanct to Americans. And Americans have been potted and proked on this issue of being forced out of traditional tried-and-true technology. And so the Biden administration through other departments now are continuing to have renewed efforts to go after your stove to go after your gas stove. Every serious cook out there and anybody that owns a restaurant just cringes when you bring that up. But you look what they're trying to do to force um, the gasoline automobile off the road and switch us to EVs, which are dysfunctional, becoming increasingly dysfunctional. We had the story yesterday, the guy that got so desperate from what's known as range anxiety that he burst into a Holiday Inn. Well, he wanted to charge at their charging station and they wouldn't let him because he wasn't a customer. Wasn't, he wasn't staying there, so he just broke in and started doing it anyway. He had to have some juice. He needed some juice. It's not available. It doesn't work. These things don't have the range that they promise. And by the way, and I hate to use a, a, a strong term like I'm about to use, but I'm going to use it just to get your attention. We are raping the earth to get the materials we need to build the batteries and the infrastructure just to produce these cars. Uh, there was a story I read yesterday that by the year 20, I think it's 2035, 
there will be 43 million pounds, no, tons of uh, scrap metal from Winfield, those giant uh, wind farm uh, windmills that have to be constantly replaced and maintained. So you put them up and they work for a period, but they have to be torn down and replaced. And there's nowhere to put that stuff. So we got to, where we're going to dig a hole to put that. So we're tearing up the earth to, to save the earth. And none of it makes any sense. I mean, the math doesn't make sense on it. There's another story that I have today. And you know, on the stove issue, the Democrats just had a big policy powwow because Congress is out of session right now. And one of the groups they invited was a group whose whole agenda is to rewire, I think it's called Rewire America, some crap like that. And it's to force us off using the tried and true and very, very reliable natural gas model and to force people into, and again, I say force, into using an all-electric home, for example. And so the Democrats are embracing it. They're going to push this. They'll do it in fits and starts. They'll do it through regulation. They'll do it through PR stunts. They'll do it through mandates and incentivizing the other failed technology. But we're living through this not just with automobiles, and we talk about them a lot, uh, but we're living through this uh, through other means. Now, let's talk about the cars again. Let's just, we'll do a whole block on this stuff and, and then get back to the phones here in a minute. Um, there, uh, it, if you do math, and I don't give left-wingers credit for being mathematically um, capable, because they were, a lot of them wouldn't uh, follow the politics that they follow. They're emotional creatures, all caught up in their feelings. But you hand them a calculator, and they get more caught up in their feelings because they don't want to look at it. They don't want to look at it because you can do the math. You can do the math. Some very serious non-political people have sat down and calculated the load that would be put on many systems should the number of EVs go from about 7 to 12%, depending on the part of the country that you're in, up to 15% in the next two or three years. If they can merely go up another 3% in some of these uh, jurisdictions or some of these geographical areas, they will crash their electrical system. Let me repeat that. They did the math. Numbers are numbers. You add and subtract. And they added up the demand load on the systems should a certain number of people start charging EV cars overnight or during the day. And what they determined was it would be, it would hit them at peak uh, demand quicker during parts of the day that would force, because of the way our grid is designed, automatic blackouts, automatic rolling blackouts, especially in California. California's got the weakest infrastructure. They've too quickly moved to non-reliable, uh, re so-called renewable energy sources. And they're the state where, of course, California people, the hottest thing in town is to be driving around in an EV. There's a lot of peer pressure in a state like that to be driving one of these things. So they're more likely to sell these cars in the state of California, and they're doing it. So as they do it soon, California, which already has had this year because of uh, weather conditions, blackouts and other problems are, are forcing their own blackouts. Um, some people even have a name for this. It's called an EV blackout where, or a charging station blackout where everybody hits the grid at once. We don't have the energy to supply them. We don't have the grid to deliver it. And there's too many of these things getting on the road too fast uh, in the state of California. What's most likely to happen is people in the rest of the country that actually need to use their cars to go long distances are going to try these things out, decide they don't want to deal with it anymore. It's too stressful to think you're going to be stranded on the side of the road or the thing's going to catch on fire and burn you up like a piece of chicken 
And so they're going to wind up selling these things. Uh, and California's going to snap up the used ones. And then that state will even have, there's a further capacity because of the demand for these things in that state to get these things on the road in that state. And it's suicide. It's electric grid suicide. And that's not a political statement. That didn't come from somebody that just is, uh, is believes or didn't believe in climate change. It came from engineers that are doing the math on what the load of the system can handle and where they're going, what the trajectory of the demand is doing right now. And they're all out telling the state of California, particularly and other states that go down this path, that you're going to crash your system. The system's not ready for it. The investment has not been made. And again, that's with a small percentage of automobiles being uh, fully electric EVs. That's a small percentage of them being on the roads right now. Um, just think of what they're trying to do. Some of these states are putting in mandates uh, where they're trying to get people to be by the year. I think, again, it's the year 2035, which is sort of a target year for a lot of states. They're trying to get people uh, to, to mandate gasoline cars and small engines and other devices completely out off their system. It's unattainable. And what they're going to do is slowly crash what works and embrace what doesn't, and they're going to be in the dark. They're going to be hoofing it. They're going to be walking. And it's, and again, let me just reemphasize, this is not politics. This isn't conservative or liberal. This isn't Democrat or Republican. It's dollars and cents and numbers. It's numbers in the system. Excuse me. Uh, had a throat boo-boo there. Numbers in the system, when you do a simple calculation of what you need, these people are going to pay. And pay soon. I'm just going to get the popcorn and watch them. Maybe, uh, well, anyway, let's go to, what time is it? Yeah, we can get Kyle in here. Kyle's over on line two. What's up, Kyle? Hey, what's up, Leland? You know, when you were reading off all the stuff that they're trying to do, do you get the feeling like what they're trying to do is they're trying to copy what Europe is doing? But the thing is, though, Europeans are used to not having a lot of liberties and freedoms, personal, you know, all of that. Do you think that's where it's going to backfire with them? It's like, this isn't Germany. This isn't France. This is America. They don't, people like having their gas stoves. People like having their gas cars. You're not going to mandate them into anything. It's going to, it's going to backfire. Do you feel that way? Well, no, yeah, that's, there's a lot of, there's both a psychology and a practicality to that statement. Here's why, because the Europeans in general are not as reliant on their personal automobiles as in the United States. And that's a function of geography and the way their transportation system was built. Uh, like a lot of our concentrated cities in the United States, they get by on trains. Europeans love the trains. When I was in my 20s, I lived over there for a while, loved my universal pass where I could just get on a train and be anywhere in Europe. Um, and their system works. The drops and stops are walkable. And they've got a system where they're not as reliant as Americans. In America, you've got a big, giant, geographically large country that's spread out, and we do a lot of heavy industrial farm-like things that require us to travel great distances and do the things we need to do. Plus, so there's the logistics, and then there's the mindset. Yes, we see our freedom and defend our freedom more fiercely. It's why we're still uh, protecting our Second Amendment. It's why we're trying to protect our speech speech and the right to carry a weapon and protect yourself and all these things went out the window in europe years ago these people are quick to surrender um and it's and again it very much is cultural as well well and i i know that people are gonna laugh at me but it's the truth i mean i don't know about you but i don't like the idea of going to a, the uh the auto show 
or the car show and it's nothing but hey check out this muscle car but it's electric it's like uh i don't really care or going yeah. to a nascar race <laughs> you're hearing yeah. the hum as they go around like i'm sorry yeah, um, like no, there's a nostalgia, there, Kyle. There's totally a nostalgia uh, for old guys like me for the rumble of an engine and the feel of that stick shift under your hand if you're going down the road with a big throaty V8 burning rubber. Uh, there's a younger generation of uh, pusillanimous males that would just as soon ride a skateboard. Yeah, well, those are also the same guys that sit down to pee. I'm pretty sure. But uh, I'm, just, I'm afraid you're right. I'm afraid you're right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, man. So, but hey, have a great weekend, man. Yeah, they can get to their gynecologist. Those guys can get to their gynecologist on their skateboards anytime they want. I still want my car. Uh, AJ, is that too harsh? I think it is. Truitt Insurance bringing you the show tonight. T R U I T T. Tony Truitt and the whole team over there ready to help you sort through what can be very complicated stuff. I don't read my policies. Do y'all read your policies when you go to the? You just kind of trust your agent and. And, and if your agent is one of these big branded um, firms, then they're going to be limited to what that brand sells. And that's just their business. That's what they choose to specialize in. By going to Tony Truett, you're going to an independent agency. So these guys, they aren't beholden to anybody. They just really try to find out what you need and go find it. Save you the trouble of vetting policy side by side, reading through all that detailed language. When they come back, they're going to bring you what you need and Make the market compete because they go to multiple underwriters, find you options, and put it on the table. Let you look at it and make a sound decision. Sounds smart to me. Plus, Tony's a cool guy to work with. Truett Insurance, T-R-U-I-T-T, truettinsurance.com. Y'all 324, Leland Live, John Internet 5. Boys, it warms up outside. Got me thinking about this lake, specifically Smith Lake, Alabama, one of the most beautiful places in this state. Go up there and kick it and look around, and if you get the fever like me, talk to Justin Dyer. He's the number one, uh, the number one agent and agency on that lake year after year. They just know their market. They know their stuff. Best thing about Justin, too, is he's a nice guy, and they're great communicators and problem solvers. And that's what you need to be to be a successful real estate agent. You've got to be organized and quick and know your market and just have institutional knowledge. They've got all that. That's why it works on Smith Lake for them. JustinDyer.com, D-Y-A-R, JustinDyer.com. Let's get the news in here, and then we'll keep on going. Lead on live. Stay tuned. Five three thirty one. Let's do this thing. 
Bath Planet of Birmingham. Been telling you about them for a long time. They're recently undergoing a name change. They're going to be Alabama Bass. I'm telling you about both of them. Just so I want you to know I'm talking about the same fine shop that Mike has run for 30-something years. AlabamaBaths.com is their new website. But let me tell you, if it's time to improve your space in that bathroom, make it a little easier to get the job done, uh, let them come look at your tub shower situation. Now, they can do the whole bathroom, but what I like to focus on here is this very affordable fix to beautify your bathroom and make it easier to use uh, so you don't slip and fall. We don't want you doing that. Um, let them come and rip everything out and put their new system in. They'll precisely measure it, and in two days, you got a new bath. you got a new bath facility. Do a walk-in, a roll-in, a sit-down, any of these options that they have for you. Let Mike show you. The full array that they carry at Alabama Bass, otherwise known as Bath Planet, Birmingham here on the show. It's alabamabaths.com. Y'all check them out. All right, let's go to the phones, get some calls in here tonight. Oh, by the way, 85,000 people without power now. Some of that power is coming back online. Power company doing a pretty good job tonight getting people back in service. Again, these are sporadic little trees falling, so you get a whole neighborhood back on pretty quickly, and that's good stuff. Bill is on line one. Let's start with some phone calls. What's up, Bill? Leland, I'm having a nostalgia afternoon here talking about cars. And I was yeah. at a barber this morning doing some work out there. And I looked over at the track, and here's this car. And it looks like a Corvette, but it doesn't sound like Corvettes I remember. So I'm being nostalgic. And I'm thinking about one of the finest-sounding cars I ever heard was back in the days when they had the Trans Am series. Yeah. And it was a 427 Cobra. That's that a sweet sounding engine. That yeah. was a bad sounding car. You know, and that's when the Mark Donahue was running the Mustangs and all of that stuff. That was, those were just, you know, you could almost tell a car by its engine note. Look, almost. all right, now, you're going to send me down a dirt road right now because I've got, this is a huge, this is like a soapbox issue with me. So there are kids okay. nowadays, I know we sound like a couple of old men, Bill, but I'm going to say it. There are a couple of, there are kids nowadays that like to sue up, soup up the, ports and they'll make the mufflers loud and it sounds like a damn weed eater going down the road these kids yeah, do not understand they do, yes it sounds like a cheap kazoo at chuck e cheese uh these kids yeah, I, do I, not understand kazoo cars. <laughs> the, the rumble <laughs> and the thump of those old some of those old engines and there's different ones there's some that are harsh they got a piercing sound to them but some have a rhythm i don't even know how to describe it there's a cadence to the way the engine rumbles and the 427, oh, yeah. I heard one of those in a Cobra kit car not too long ago, and that thing mm -hmm. sounded amazing. When I was a kid, my neighbor had a 68 Camaro with a Holley four-barrel and a, uh, a glass packs on it and a Hurst shifter. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, mm -hmm. Oh, dude, that car was like music when he drove up every day. Um, but that's going away. It'll go away at some point. One of the cars I owned was a was an old Alfa Romeo Duetta Spider, that, that convertible from the graduate. Yeah. It was a four-cylinder engine with two... A Weber side draft carburetors on it with a five-speed transmission, and the thing would run like a scalded dog, and it had a sweet engine note to it because 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 the, the exhaust system was a tuned system, you know, to 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 have the flow, not not create back pressure on the valve so they could run free. I mean, there's so much. I mean, there are so many physics lessons in an older uh, engine. Then, yeah. then you can shake a stick out. Right now, all they are electronics and computers. <laughs> yeah, and that's boring. I mean, it's not just the, the to me, the styles and the shapes. Yep. 
if you want to be totally nostalgic, you remember being a kid and at night you could see a car coming down the road and you knew what kind of car it was by just the profile of the headlights and the shape of the body oh, yeah. coming at oh, you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we could identify cars. You know which one was a cop and which one was something else. And everything looks absolutely. like a, a computer mouse. My Saturday morning was to, was, was to take take the alpha, set it outside, pull the plugs, clean the plugs, detorque the head, retorque the head, pull the points, clean the points, make sure all the fittings for the fluids were tight. And if you did that on Saturday morning for about an hour and a half, the thing would be a sweet drive all week long. <laughs> and, Man. <laughs> Hey, Bill, thanks for, uh, thanks for dragging me down that road. It's a total road. It's a dirt road with a fine-tuning engine. That's what kind of dirt road we just went down, and I'm fine talking about that, too. I would do it the rest of the show if we could get away with it, as long as we get calls on it. Bill, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I mean, you know what I sound like right now, AJ, what I feel like? Uh, there's uh, the new sort of Yellowstone spinoff season, the 1923 season, mm-hmm. is going on right now. And it's set in, of course, could you guess what year? <laughs> uh, 1935. 20. Yeah, it's I know, close, it's but I know, it's 1923, 1923 actually. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so that's the that's there's so many great movies and and series and uh, out right now, right around that time period, about a hundred years ago, or exactly a hundred years ago. And there's a scene in this last episode where uh, Harrison Ford, you know, it's all set in Montana. He's coming into town with his with his people from his ranch, and they're still on horses, but cars are starting to take over on the streets. And for a while, y'all seen the old photographs, horses and cars would be competing for space on the streets. And there's a scene where he pulls up on his horse and he, and he goes, where are the hitching posts? And the guy says, we had to tear them all down to make room for the cars. And he's like, ah, he's like, you know, old men are always going to be resistant to new technology. I mean, and I thought about that in a minute. I thought everything is always changing. And in that day, that was probably as big an abomination uh, there were plenty of people who thought it would never catch on, the uh, combustible engine and the horseless carriage it was initially called, uh, even measured its power and horsepower, which we still do today, uh, to, to give some relative understanding to people about what the car was capable of doing. But in that little moment, suddenly uh, I wasn't the guy in the car needing a good parking spot. I was Harrison Ford on a horse going, these kids today and their damn fancy automobiles, where's that thing going to poop anyway? And they were being told we're killing the planet. I don't know which one. It was uh, any, Anyhow, did I go down a total dirt road with that? Cars, man. I don't care. You lame-ass people driving in these soundless, glorified golf carts are missing something. Yeah, I know the tech's cool. and I know it looks, you look socially acceptable, but you're missing something. You ain't, you ain't never going down the road in an old Ford truck with a bitch seat and your honey up beside you. Your honey can't get up beside you in a Tesla with bucket seats. Plus, he might hurt himself on the gear shift. See, I made a joke yeah. about yeah. your choice of dates. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing that. Uh, let's go to work trucks. Let's talk about trucks. You talk about trucks. Yeah, trucks. They got some trucks for you down at work trucks. These are commercial vehicles, box trucks, flatbeds, pickup trucks, everything in between. Um They've got financing. Don't worry about that. They've got low miles on them. They've inspected. These trucks would not be on the lot if work trucks didn't think they were some of the finest trucks they could go out and find to bring to Birmingham. So they do that. They do all the work of finding these things when they come off lease or come onto the market with a few miles on them. Get them back here. Run through them 120 points. Um, Fresh tires if they need them. They're made as new as possible and put out there on the lot. 
You're not going to go in there and see a bunch of logos from the previous owners. These lo this looks like a new truck dealership when you ride by or when you get on the lot and ride around with Bubba on that golf cart. You have to get on a golf cart. There's so many trucks down there. But it is one-stop shopping. If you're just starting a business and you're going to need a big commercial truck or if you're just trying to expand your fleet, replace something in your fleet or any of those options in between, they've got financing, they've got extended warranties, uh, they'll help you with your trade-in if you've got one that you're trying to get out of. It's just a full-fledged dealership. They're great people to work with, and they'll keep you moving up and down the road in 2023 when we've got to watch every penny. Work Trucks, T-R-U-X. Got to put that X in there when you spell it online. WorkTrucksLLC.com, WorkTrucksLLC.com. Talking to them five, doing it to it this afternoon. 3.48 is the time. Wind's starting to die down a little bit. Power's starting to slowly come back on. It's been a mess today. Again, no real tornado threat, as was predicted, but a lot of wind about four hours late. Uh, starting to look better and better. As we get closer to sunset, it's going to look even nicer. Some of y'all are actually seeing the sunshine for the first time in a couple of days. Southern Skies, speaking of sunshine, bringing you the show tonight. Southern Skies Dermatology. Y'all, skin cancer is real. Many of you probably know somebody or you yourself have had some form of it, the one you don't want is melanoma. The life lesson my family had to learn, uh, especially in my mom's case, was melanoma can travel. It can go from something you spot. In her case, they spotted it on her knee 20-something years ago. And then all these years later, through happenstance, a CT scan one night because of a whole other issue, they found some cancer that had traveled internally. And she fought it off. That woman's tough. She's always been tough and, and is still doing well. People ask, and I appreciate y'all asking from time to time. But it was a lesson learned for our family that when you have a family history, if you did a lot of burning like we did back in the day, getting out in the sun when you shouldn't have, uh, you know, first thing, get as much sunscreen on you as you can and be, be deliberate about it. But second thing, good old vitamin D is fine, but burning is, is never good. But second thing is get checked. Get a baseline uh, to see where you start, Dr. Mario can give you an assessment based on all those factors as to whether or not you need to come back more frequently. Of course, if they find something, they can remove it. If they find something they need to do uh, a big removal on, they're the experts at the Mohs procedure. And that's how you want to get a removal done. That is the micrographic way to do it, where they take out a small layer at a time and check it as they go. And then they know they're done. When they get to the end of the cancer, it's it's gone. They don't have to keep removing tissue that speeds up the healing minimizes the scarring it's a great practice they're dedicated to skin cancer this is all they do southern skies dermatology.com southern skies dermatology.com well we've got another school system we had this situation pop up a couple weeks ago in baltimore 
I'm sure there are other examples of it around the country from time to time that doesn't get as much um, attention. But these headlines ought to embarrass uh, the United States into the dirt. But Minnesota just reported in on some of its test scores based on proficiency in their school system. And they had, just like we just had the case with Baltimore, they had zero students. Not zero, not 1%, not two or three uh, that were proficient. They had no students in 19 different Minnesota schools that were proficient in math. What are the schools doing? Now, this is the bot. We're looking at the basement numbers, right? We're looking at these tragic numbers for these kids. Some of this, this is probably the fallout from COVID. Minnesota was a lockdown state. They followed the lead of the, in, the insidious teachers union in that state and didn't let people go back to work, kept the kids at a distance, and they're lagging for it. The others are the uh, continued decline in our public schools. Y'all, we bring up China on the show on a regular basis. There's so much going on with China. They're after us in almost in, in 15 different directions in our country. But one of the things we probably don't compare enough is how they are beating us in math and science, teaching traditional methods to their students and raising a generation of mathematically and scientifically smart kids. And because there's an emphasis on learning, there's an emphasis on discipline, um, and China is pursuing that. So is most of Asia, by the way. And here in America, we got, we got sc whole school systems that can't find a single student that's proficient, meets minimum standards. The word is proficient. Listen to the word I'm using. I'm not saying excellent at math. I'm saying proficient, that can do math to grade standard. That is a – think about it. These kids, you multiply this by other failing systems in the, in the um, society – and you give these kids 15 years to become young adults, now what? Who's going to run things? Who's going to be uh, the next generation of innovators and, and, and keep the country going? If you don't replace um, yourself with a younger generation of smart, vibrant people, who's going to keep it going? Public schools are failing in this way all over the country. This is just the latest embarrassment uh, in Minnesota. Uh, a think tank in Minnesota called the Center for the American Experiment conducted an analysis of the scores and uh, found these numbers and put this out there, and there's a lot of reporting on it this afternoon. Now, I'm sure some of the young men in the school are proficient at uh, swinging uh, nipple tassels in a circle because of transgender story hour and all the fun stuff that we're putting in front of kids nowadays instead, uh, instead of a math book and proper instruction. I don't know how much of this is. Uh, the the fallout and the destruction that has come from Common Core math learning that was instituted in our schools uh, during the Obama administration and just upended everything people knew about proper traditional math. Uh, I don't know how much of this is passing kids along uh, just because you're supposed to pass them along and warehousing kids and not really teaching them until uh, proficiency tests catch up with the inability of the schools to keep up. Um, but it's a disaster for the country, not just Minnesota, not just Baltimore. These kids are stupid. People don't like it when I say that, but it's just true. We're taking kids that are largely coming from troubled situations, and there have been generations in this country the only way out was uh, a good education or a teacher that cared or a school that gave you a break from the way you grew up or the lifestyle that you came from. 
And now these kids can't even count on that because we are wrecking uh, our school systems all over the country. And again, to reiterate, we're being out hustled by other countries by almost every conceivable measure when it comes to these standardized things. And we're going to pay a price for it one day. Y'all, that's a big story out of Minnesota. Let's go to the news. Leland Live, Talk 995. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hey, everybody, this is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day, plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.